Anyway, we should get this mm. get this rolling. It's almost eight o'clock. Almost eight o'clock. That means it's time for the Gaming Blues Podcast. Welcome, listeners. That's horrible. I'm gonna do it like this. Well, I was, yeah, I was, I was not prepared for it, dude. I don't like doing intros. I think they're. Do you want like, me cheesy. to intro it? No. <laughs> I've been listening. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. I, I can. I can nail it. <clears throat> No, I know you can nail it. I just think like doing all these like gen- like intros in general is just not me, you know? Yeah, but you don't have to make it that. All you have to do is all we have to do is talk and then eventually you just go, Oh yeah, by the way, Gang Blues Podcast episode four or whatever episode we're on now. I have no I think we're episode three. Because I don't know how you count them. Like if that, if that first one we did, the pilot is like a zero or a one. I, I don't know. How the pilot works. is a zero, and that would make this the third episode of the Gaming Blues podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm glad we're this able to figure out This is a weekly podcast, and you're interrupting me. Got that fucking damn it. <laughs> I hate... Why do I even bother? Why oh, do I even bother? All right, all right. I'll give, you, I'll give you your moment. You can try again. Oh, my God. You know what? You do it this time. We're episode three. Episode three. All right. It's all I need to know. Hit it. Well, well. It's you again. I see you're back for the Gaming Blues Podcast Episode 3. I'm Darren, the co-host. And of course, I'm joined by Andy, the main host of the most exciting, thrilling, and chilling podcast on the internet. We're never doing this ever again. (laughs) I'm just going to do the intros. Honestly, though, you have played the game for a long time. Don't you have anything else to do with your time? Gaming Blues Podcast. Well, as my lovely, Ooh. dashing, Ooh. and elegant co-host mm-hmm. has said, this is the Gaming Blues Podcast, the weekly podcast where the two dynamic duo discuss weekly gaming news and entertainment. And news. sometimes things completely unrelated to all of the above. But you come just for those. I know you do. <laughs> so, well, how's your day going, Darren? It's going okay. Hopefully trees don't fall through my uh, window as we record this, seeing as there's a tree in my front yard where my office is located, and it is swaying back and forth quite violently. In fact, I think the entire tree is at a, let's call it a 60-degree angle at the moment. So we both live in the Canadian lands, especially a realm called the Vancouver, where the weather sucks all year round. Yeah. And we had a great morning this morning. Where it was was super sunny, afternoon, sunlight everywhere. I almost got blinded by reflections in the office. And now we come home to this. To the possibility of trees falling on people. Sometimes I wonder, maybe we should just move somewhere else. But, you know, Vancouver has grown on me. Yeah, but then gas prices grew too. So now I'm less inclined. (laughs) They're actually dropping, I think. Yeah, but they're still really high. it almost reached the two dollar range, and well, now we're like back to one dollar fifty. Vancouver has like one of the highest costs of living of any North American city. It also has right now the highest gas prices in Canada, and it's just it's a perfect shitty place weather. to live. It's it's perfect. Come live here, please, listener. Why aren't you in Vancouver? If your life is depressing. Vancouver's for you. I was like, gonna say, if your life's depressing, depressing, Vancouver will make it more depressing. Yeah, like it's the perfect place. Everything is expensive. The weather sucks, but hey, at least we've got good craft beer. Yeah, 
It's true. They are enjoyable. <sighs> All right. So one of the major news that I noticed amongst the other major releases this week is that Nintendo is apparently not announcing any first-party games for the 3DS anymore. Pretty big news. Or not anymore, but like at the E3. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about you or the listeners about what they expect, but ever since the Switch was announced, I expected that year was going to be the the 3DS's last year. It was going to wind down and everything would be Switch. Because I always saw the Switch as this ideal version of blending those uh portable gaming developers and their like triple a and second party developers their first party and second party all on one platform just making back to back to back the best games ever i totally agree and it makes it easier for them to develop because they don't have to deal with the two like dual screen like design ideas or they're, they they're not just stick yeah. to traditional one screen and they're and they're not dealing with differing technology it's now everyone's on the or same. Or limiting themselves or like lacking hardware. Yeah. Like if you think about like say Camelot when they developed Golden Sun on the GBA versus say the team that handled uh, Bait and Kaidos. Both second party developers. Mm-hmm. And what radically different in terms of like constraints of what they can work with. But now everyone's in the same playing field. And I don't know about you, but I haven't bought a 3DS game since... The Radiant Historia remake slash re-release. You actually bought that? I bought that, yeah. Nice, nice. I mean, it's a great game. I think Play it. the last game I bought was Pokemon Ultra Moon. I did get that as well. <laughs> Which I haven't played. Have you played Sun? Yes, but did not beat, I think. But then, you, but like then the, you played it. Yes, I did. Yeah, so you, so you played Ultra Moon. Well, yeah, but isn't like the like the end game story different? Yeah, it's not great, and they also make the the default story a little less impactful. But that's that's neither here nor there. The 3ds is going done. Does that make Persona Q2 the last 3ds game? The last men like worth mentioning, I think. Like, what else is even releasing on it? Uh, maybe any, like, Lego games? Maybe that Marvel game? Oh, that true, the, true. All, the Alliance game, maybe. Yeah, I can But see I'm that. guessing it's mostly going to be, like, the Lego games, if anything. Yeah, I guess you'll have those, just those developers that just make titles for everything. They just port mm-hmm. it to every system, so that's true. I mean, the 3DS has a massive... Uh, install base so it makes sense to continue to release games for it especially if you look at a store 3ds is a hell of a lot cheaper than buying a switch Mm -hmm. and especially for parents that doesn't want to invest a lot of money into like buying well i guess let's base it on canadian prices like uh 2.99 i guess and switch switch wasn't switch 3.99 in canada yeah yeah i'm basing on u.s prices oh okay because canadian exchange rate is stupid Hey, Colum BC. <laughs> and for a conservative parent, because there's a lot of games for 3DS, why bother buying a more expensive one where the games game prices are like double yeah. than just buying a 3DS where there's a great library, like known titles from like Pokemon and like like Mario and Zelda. 
Oh no, we're, we, oh wait, is that for Switch? The Link's Awakening re- remake? Yes, that is okay. for Switch. Then yeah, the 3DS will officially Persona Q2 Labyrinth will be like the most last noticeable or mentionable. It's no? it's notable literally game. the swan song of the 3DS, which is so weird. Which is sad. I thought it would end on like another Mario game. No, no, no. Wait, isn't the Super Mario Maker 2 going on 3DS? Uh, that's I might fact check that for you, but if that's true, that would be a uh, pretty substantial release. Although the 3DS version of Mario Maker 1 was not great. Good. I mean, it would make sense that that game would come on the 3DS because it's not a new game, which goes along with Nintendo not announcing any new first party games in the future or at E3. Yeah. I think it's anyway. just Nintendo Switch. All right, which makes sense given they're pushing a lot of the platform features. They like they they announced uh, pretty mm-hmm. recently that there's like local and online co-op, and you wouldn't be able to do that local with the uh, 3ds at base. The switch is where it's at. Yeah, it's where it's which, at. Which, which comes to my first question of topic for you. Oh boy, here it comes the hot take. I personally do not consider the Switch as a portable machine as most of my playing time with it is in the docked mode. So the question to you is, is the Switch the next evolution of handhelds or is it just another home console for Nintendo? The way I view it, and I am a consumer of the Switch. I am. A, I own a Switch. I've owned one since launch day. I primarily play it on the train to work. Mm-hmm. And even with that being my case, I still consider it a home console that you can take with you. Do you think Nintendo wanted it to be the replacement for 3DS because it's a portability <laughs> I mean, maybe. I think they ultimately just wanted to create a product that they felt was like would be successful in the market. And you look at how children are using iPads and... Mm-hmm. tablet devices and having a game system that is both basically because it's more it's more akin to a tablet than it is like a handheld right and it's, it's an awkward size to be a handheld yeah like, like playing on the train i feel like an asshole because i'm constantly have my elbows out or the switch takes up like physical room to hold so if i'm playing on it, i have my arms tucked to my side i'm still taking up a lot of room just to play on it you are an asshole yeah so it makes mm-hmm. me an extra asshole but it does turn heads every time I see someone playing a Switch, though. Not as like, oh, what's that? Not oh. as much as your head will turn when you see someone playing a Vita. I've never seen those. Those are a rare breed. On the train, I only I see, heard about I see it in encyclopedias. Vitas. I've seen Vitas on the train. I see it. I'm not the only one. I don't know, Darren. I haven't seen a single like single person play a Vita on my commutes. Yeah, but you're on a sky train. I'm on like a nice like land-based train that that is a bit more roomy. You you guaranteed a seat. It makes more sense to pull out a a handheld. You're riding a reused to freight trains. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, but it goes fast. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's serviceable. Oh my god. Anyway, so today's topic, I want to argue about. I mean, debate about. Mm. Talk about. Mm with my dashing partner here, mm. 
is going over the nostalgia of handhelds because we both grew up playing handhelds. We have a lot of. Fa- I I would assume that most of our favorite games came from handheld games or handheld consoles. I'd say that's accurate. And as I was, t- you know, every podcast I do like a ten second prep with Darren. <laughs> it only takes ten seconds. It only takes ten seconds. Put that on the box. And I was going over with him like, oh no, in like if you were to rank all the handhelds up to now. And to be fair, this is only from like Game Boy onwards. We're not talking about like Atari Lynx or like Sega Gear and all that fun stuff. You're not including the Game Gear, Wonder Swan. <laughs> Dude, if it, was Wonder Swan oh Japan God. only? Yes, unfortunately, because there was actually some decent games on it, <laughs> but it's only in Japanese, and they're so those things are huge. That was like the first time like actual multiplayer could happen like one one console because you know how like each corner had like four buttons Mm -hmm. so some games were designed so like each player grabs a corner and play a game (laughs) i mean it had the (laughs) uh the the real estate for it It, that thing is wide it was ridiculous i remember always wanting one as a kid because it had a cool looking digimon game on it oh it actually did it had multiple it had several i think it was like a digimon arena fighter Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they were like, uh, it had that and a couple RPGs that followed one of the characters in the third season of Digimon. True story. Which is the, the digital version, the card reader era. Yes, that's true. Ah, the greatest era Nostalgic. Also, by this logic, I take it we're not including something, say, like the Sega Nomad. Did you own a Sega Nomad? I feel like I bought one secondhand <laughs> in high school, and then I sold it. What? I sold it because it went through batteries like a freaking madman. I love like back in the day, like Game Boy was two two double A, and then the game the Sega Gear I think took like six double. It took six. Oh my god! I, I also owned a Game Gear much later in life, outside of Oof. childhood, and. I eventually sold it with Shining Force, the Sword of Hyaja, or something like that. The Shining, there's a, there's a Shining Force game on the Game Gear. There's three, but only one of them came in North America. Point being, I could never play it for long because the batteries would die in like three hours. Did you not plug it plug it to like the wall and play? You have to get a wall adapter for that. I did that for the Game Boy. Uh, I think everyone did that for the Game Boy, or the Game Boys to some extent, throughout all their lifespan. I know SP, but, I did yeah. that a lot. But to make our life easier, we're just going to talk about the handhelds from Nintendo and Sony mostly. Because let's be real, those are the ones that are actually worth talking about. Like, I think the Neo Geo Color is neat. But <laughs> oh my god. It's neat. I forgot about Neo Geo. It's neat, but it is not in the same league. No. And that's not or to discredit any of, of these people systems. Remember. Yeah. Like, like, all these systems have cool games on them that are worth playing. Mm-hmm. But most, especially like in Game Gear's instance... Most mm. of its best titles are playable on other platforms. Correct. Or emulators. Now, <laughs> that was a great, great segue, actually. But here's a hot take. Now, Darren, I suck at quoting people, so do correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. But I heard from your own mouth Uh-oh. that you think the 3DS was a bad platform. I'm going to separate this issue just so my stance is clear. Minutes. 
I don't need 30 minutes to say the stance. The 3DS has <gasps> a incredible yes, software lineup. Indisputable. There's so many games, a lot of first party, second party, even a good few third party games. But the mm-hmm. platform, the system itself, is god awful, out of date, uncomfortable, dated, and is just generally like the whole gimmick. Th- the 3D gimmick, I don't think I've ever seen a Nintendo system that sold their product entirely on an idea like become useless so quickly as the 3D on a 3DS. Yep. Like literally Actually, it was a thing what about for the... like a year a year and two in and then they stopped entirely. They stopped trying. What about the Wii U friend? People still tried. They still had like usability for it like up until the last like year that they were releasing games for it. Fair enough. But something like the 3D? But, yeah, do continue your 3DS rent. Well, here's the thing. The 3DS is uncomfortable. The launch version of the 3DS had a terrible form factor where it was square. It would dig into your fingers, cut off blood circulation. It was also really small. It also, the 3DS had a terrible launch with like no good games. And they had to do the whole ambassador program to entice people to stay with it. And they also had, like, things like Mega Man Legends 3 get cancelled, which was a big reason why I jumped on board for a 3DS at launch day. And from there, if you look at the actual specs of the system, the resolution of the screen is lower than the PSPs, which at that point is already, what, like, four years old? So I think that's a which is very hard to do. Yeah, too. I like it, like if you like when you look at 3ds games, like if you look at say like Snake Eater on 3ds, it looks blurry. The everything's like hard to make out. There's no all the details are muddy, and outside of first party Nintendo games, which Nintendo always nails the visual style of their first party titles on all of their systems. For three outside of them, 3ds games look like crap. Yes. And then well, you also... except for like some games. There are well, there yeah. are exceptions. There are exceptions. Like games like Fire Emblem are generally pretty good looking considering the platform. But if you compare them to similar titles in the PSP, like it doesn't even hold a candle. Then you look at like the Vita and it's not even a candle. You look on your phone, it's not even a candle. So my point being is the three DS could have been so much more if the hardware was better. If the actual platform of the three DS like, imagine if they had a Switch-like system. Like, say a less powerful Switch. But that had all the 3DS games on it. I think the 3DS would still be a thing today. It would still... Like, like, they would just upgrade it, I, I would have imagined. Instead of, like, outright replacing it. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they launched things called the 2DS now. Like, that's the main system to buy if you're going to buy a 3DS. Brand new at the store is a 2DS because everyone knows the 3D is useless. To be fair, I think the 2DS even is even like a oh, how do I say this lightly? It's a questionable design choice. Yeah, because that must be like a weird thing to hold. You're holding like like you're holding a piece of bread or something. I feel like because like... <laughs> I I I know a couple people who own one, and I feel like it's more like ergo uh, ergonomic than a uh, normal 3DS. Because if I play on my 3DS XL. I still get that feeling, like, say I play Majora's Mask or something like that, because I love the games on the 3DS. I think the 3DS is a great killer library. 
and I will never get rid of my 3DS if I want to revisit those games. But if I play Majora's Mask for like an, for like an hour and a half, my hands are cramping. I'm like, I, like my fingers are sore. Like, like in the in the buttons, those buttons feel like crap to push. Like the the face buttons, the like X Y A B, those do not click good. Those don't have good button feel, and there's just all these little things, and then the actual bigger problems with the actual internals of the system, and I it, it just I feel like it could have been so much more. And then now I, you own the new 3ds XL too, right? Yes, I have the Majora's Mask one. Is the button from that version compared to the original 3ds XL like different, or is it the same? I think they're pretty comparable. I think like for the most part, the actual um, like general ergonomics of the system has not changed much. Like the general like buttons mm-hmm. and and whatnot, but like the hardware on the new 3ds is obviously that's another point. The new 3DS, who even, like, had improvements? That little seasick didn't do anything, to be honest. It helped for Majora's Mask. There's, like, but it, six it games that supported really it. was awkward position. It was, and it's not a good replacement for a second analog stick. Like, when it's I was in Japan, I bought that extension, which, like, gives it the second analog stick, just to play Monster Hunter 4 on 3DS. And that because I actually tried your your DS, the new one, I felt that like little like brick I add on to the three DS was was like a better ergonomic experience and gameplay experience. Yeah, probably. But then you're you you look ridiculous with that thing out in public. That's the thing. I don't take my handheld in the public. Yeah, like the three DS, <laughs> I probably played more at home than anywhere else. We're probably not the right mark. Like. I guess the the proper user because like every handheld I had, minus the Game Boy, I never took it outside because I never had a commute that was like long enough for me to actually like sit down. And well, play. here's the thing: most people, I want to I want to say a huge portion of the install base, not maybe not most of it, but at least half of it is like ch- young children who realistically don't always have access to a TV. If you're living in a like say a four individual four person household you probably have a dad who's watching TV and you might only have one or two TVs in the house and you might have an older sister or what have you. So I know in my case, there was a lot of people who wanted to use like the, the one TV. So having a Game Boy was an answer to, oh, I don't need the TV. I'm going to go lay on the couch and play Game Boy and it would be great. But I feel like that, like that's the, the, the kind of like the, the case for handhelds and why you would never really need it. Just because... There, like, there's not many, like, you, it's it's eliminating the problem of needing the whole setup. Mm-hmm. And, let's be real, if your batteries are running low, you want to be near a charger. And I'm glad they moved on to, like, rechargeable lithium batteries oh, in boy. the future, for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> because swapping out those batteries weren't fun. No. Especially in the middle of a dance competition theater that's pitch black and you're trying to get your little Game Boy carry case and try to find your extra AA batteries. Shouldn't you be paying attention to the actual competition, though? Oh, I have a great story. So back, I used to, as a child, have to go through all my sisters. She was a Highland dancer. She did jazz dancing. She did ballet. She did, I think she did hip-hop for a while. She did all sorts of dancing. So she'd go to all sorts of competitions or practices and young 8 to 10 year old me would always get dragged along with my mom. So my Game Boy, my Game Boy Advance specifically 
was my best friend because I always had it with me, <laughs> always playing games. And I keep in mind this is before SP where it was backlit. So I had one of those little like third party light attachments. The like the curly wire. Yeah, thing. yeah, that the whole curly wire. I, I actually had adjust. one of those. And those things shone like a really bright light. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my friend Mitchell and I, because he would get dragged to these competitions too, would play Pokemon against each other or do stuff like that when we're we're both at a competition and we're in a pitch black theater. Supposed to be paying attention, but like, you know, there's like, it's like four hours of dances and your sisters only dance for like two. So mm-hmm. for the most part, we're playing on Game Boy and it's just this pitch black theater and these two like neon lights in the middle in, like, of the, the far theater. corner. No, in like the middle. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I wonder like if it looked like two, just like two eyeballs and like in the perspective of the dancers, like what's that? Who's no, it would be super distracting. <laughs> like it was probably very insensitive of like nine-year-old us, but uh, it was great. How dare you, nine-year-old dare? How dare you attempt to not pay attention to dancing? <laughs> you nine-year-old child, you. Um. But yeah, I guess you made your stance on 3DS being great software, but not as favorable hardware good games bad system gimmicky hardware good games bad system (laughs) now here's my dumb take the playstation vita oh boy good hardware (laughs) i know (laughs) on spec sheet (laughs) but library wise compared to the 3ds i thought it was super lacking I think it's fair to say most people are going to agree with you. Good. Keyword what kind of debate is this? Most. Here, okay, here's the thing, Darren. Here's a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Name me... Uh, five is too easy because I can actually... Okay, name me at least, if you can, 10 really good games on Vita. Keep in mind, really good's probably subjective. Okay, let's keep so, to five then. Like no, five, no, no, like, no, no. I can say if games. I were to, I'll yeah. say games, but you might not feel super strongly, or someone listening might might not feel super strongly. But everybody loves top ten lists. Let's do this. Yeah. Go. All right. So you have Killzone Mercenary. That's a great. Ah. That's a great portable <laughs> first person shooter. Yeah. Okay. For like, especially for the and, time, and like, it actually had decent online multiplayer, so that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. Uncharted was a, was a showcase. That was like the performance, like Uncharted Golden Abyss. That's what you show your friends to go, look what the graphics can do. It's like mm-hmm. a pretty solid game. It's not like the best game ever, but it's solid. The Wipeout game for Vita is actually really fun. They, ac- they actually ported mm-hmm. it to uh, the Wipeout collection in Wipeout VR. Uh, so it's part of that. That was one of the... It's like Wipeout 2048, I believe. So that's three. Um, I would also include stuff like the Trails of Cold Steel games. Those were for PS3 and Vita, but were clearly developed to run on Vita. So I'd include the two of those as one entry. Very, very strong. Can you stick to exclusives if you can? Well, technically it's exclusive to PlayStation. And it was for a long time until they poured it to Steam. Mm -hmm. And then they poured it to PS4. So it's like a... for, For a while, it wasn't a exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Um, you have 
Orishika Tainted Bloodlines, I believe it's called, which is a is a very obscure RPG where you follow a character. It's like generational, where you have a character and then they die, and then it's like their descendant takes over. Essentially, like that. Yeah, I'm not sure that counts, buddy. <laughs> it's it's highly rated and it's pretty solid. Part of me feels like I should be able to count Miramasa the Demon Blade. Even though it came out for Wii, mm, but yeah, fair enough. But fair enough, it fair had enough. a lot of original DLC content for the Vita version, which is debatably like better than the actual base game. So mm-hmm. if I were to separate it, I would just count the Miramasa DLC and not the main game, because I'd argue the DLC is better than the main game. That's five. That's six. If we're including uh, Trails of Cold Steel and Orishika. Okay, let me help you out the rest then. Um, I mean, if you have any golden, w- I'm, would I'm you count that? Out. Would you count that? I'd argue it's well, probably it's the new... best game on the system. That's the only reason most people bought the system. It, it was a big reason why you should even consider playing a Vita for a lot of people. And was the only reason you can actually play the game anywhere else. Like that's the only platform. Yeah, I'm actually. So I think it was a good marketing push. No, it was great. Um, Freedom Wars is really good. Yeah, Freedom Wars is pretty solid. Um, what else is there? Well, there's all like the music games, but I think those are more niche games. So I don't think. I mean, you, if they're that. good, if they're good and great, I'd say count them. And in this instance, the Vita probably uh, needs supersonic all the help. beats. Mm-hmm. Um, the G- Digimon Cyber Sleuth games. Yes, I would count those for sure. The Cyber Sleuth games were excellent. God, I love um, those. The- well, this has been ported as elsewhere, but the the mom- Danganronpa. No, not that. But like the nine nine nine. But I w- like the mystery games. Yeah, uh, Virtue's Last games? Reward, and later yeah, and later notary games. Like I would include stuff like that and Danganronpa because that was literally the platform for it for a really long time. Until they ported it to the Steam and PS4, but that was like five, almost like five years later. And that's where they those games um, really got a, a fan base was on the uh, on the system. There wasn't a God of War game for uh, for Vita. Was there? No, there wasn't. Well, the, the, but you could play the, the PSP games. Mm-hmm. But like that's just a backwards compatibility thing. If then the 3DS wins because it can play all the DS games. Yes, but you can also play like downloadable games. But like the other the other big cool advantage. Oh, do you know what else you had? You had Dragon Quest Builders and and like World of Final Fantasy were playable. So you had a couple cross platform. You also had uh, Yee's Memories of Celseta. That's a great game. Did you just say you like you liked World of Fi- World of Final Fantasy? No, but I'm just mentioning games like that, <laughs> like that in Dragon Quest. I mention as case studies because and or like the Metal Gear Solid HD collection because those are technically like a collection of ports for older games, but they ran like relatively pretty well in the Vita. But like in my argument is there's also like, little big little big planet Vita Soul Sacrifice. That was a big deal. Yeah. Soul Sacrifice. Like my argument is like, is really like the, the the Vita had a lot of games, but my stance is they're either ports and or dumb down like not dumb down but like um, yeah. you know just a bring a Vita version of the console versions. Yeah. But, but I feel like and, in some cases some of those games were developed for Vita first and then brought to the other system but even then i think like the like the genre is so like dispersed into like niche categories yeah. where like the 3ds 
because Nintendo does such a good job of keeping their like first party games like the releases like steady. Like anything Nintendo platform will have a Zelda, Mario, um, Smash. Whereas Vita, it had a lot of games, but at the same time, it's hard to like, like what we did right now. Sharing the Wanderer, all the games we can think of. (laughs) There's always more. That's actually actually a good game too. But at the same time, like that's only on Vita. It's only for people that actually like follows like the wide variety of genre games. I mean, as an import device for like. Like a lot of ja- like the Japanese second party slash third party developers were what kept the Vita going for so long because it did pretty well in Japan, and there was just a lot of support for it. Because um, like the one thing that I would give to the Vita in favor over the 3DS is that the Vita before the Switch came out was a indie game machine. You could play a lot of really excellent indie games before you could on um, on like on the go, basically. Like Undertale came to Vita before it came to anything like Switch or 3DS. You had stuff like Rogue Legacy. You literally, like literally, I think almost every major indie game up until like 2017 came out on the Vita as well. And in the point of backwards compatibility and support. It's really cool that you can play your PlayStation 1 classics. Not all of them, mind you. But you can play PlayStation 1 classics, PSP games, PS Vita games, all on one platform. And you also got the advantage... Like, like you had this crazy circumstance of... You could literally play Final Fantasies 1 through 10 on the Vita. That's cool. But here, here's the thing there. Like, the Vita does a lot of things well... You know? Yeah. But don't you think it kind of makes itself like too broad and does not focus on like one thing? No. If you look at. I don't. Because it just added like utility. It just added, like, especially in the terms of games, because there was such a lack of actual first party Sony developed games, and because there was a lack of like really, really hard hitting exclusives. Because you could play so much on it, that's what's kept it. It like honestly, I still play the Vita to this day. On the train home, I was playing Sweet Coden because I can. And but that's like overall personal preference, though. Oh, like 100%. overall, like if you talk sales numbers, a long longevity, longevity. Yeah, longe- longevity. It's not even a contest. Like I, I recognize a hundred percent that 3DS utterly slapped Vita in terms of sales, software, and everything. But I think but I would what, rather play yeah. the Vita because the games that I actually want to play and find comfortable playing are on the Vita. But if you look at a general stance, like why do you think the 3DS lasted like longer than Vita? Games. If if the Vita is like has like these great libraries and like backwards compatibility to like PS One games and whatnot, price, and the other thing was the whole uh, proprietary memory cards for Vita. I think that. That those really held it back because if you wanted to get like a, you know, like a hundred and twenty gigabyte memory card for your Vita for your three DS, that would be super cheap to get for your Vita. It's like over a hundred dollars, and especially even from the standpoint of someone like me who wants to download a bunch of PlayStation One classics, PSP games, your memory card's gonna fit, fill up quick. And I had to invest in a bigger memory card to uh, to play. Okay, let's. <clears throat> 
let's do this on the opposite end then. Um, can you actually think of ten games for like three DS? Um, and these have to be original three DS games. They can't be. If you can, they, are they allowed to be remakes? Are there a lot of remakes? Though? I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's stuff like the Zelda games, uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. That's two. And Spirit Tracks. Spirit Tracks is DS. Oh, okay. And Link I Between Worlds. Uh, a, Link, a Link Between Worlds is original 3DS. So I think I'd be more inclined to yeah. count that over uh, Ocarina and Majora just because those are just mm-hmm. uh, N64 games. Okay, so the Fire Emblems. Yep, um, you had Mario 3D Land. You had um, Pokemon Smash was a big thing, I think. Yeah, if you liked Hurt Hands, yeah. I think my stance on like the Vita being a great machine, and when I say like, not a lot of games, I mean like a lot of memorable games. Like there's certainly a lot of Vita games. Don't get me wrong. I just like a phrasing. Um, and also I play like the PS1 classics every now and then. But something about the 3DS and its collection of softwares kind of has an edge over the Vita, I feel. Even though the Vita is more capable of pushing more graphics and like better, well, not better gameplay. I guess like more familiar gameplay as to consoles because well, of the double it, joysticks. Yeah, it could do, like you could play a first person shooter on the Vita comfortably and you would not be mm. able to do so on the 3DS. But I find the 3DS to be a more enjoyable system from my perspective, though. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it had it had the software to support it. It had a collection of creative mm-hmm. and, and good titles. Um, I actually... I'm blanking hard. Because uh, outside of, like, RPGs, Gross. I really don't... Pl- I don't really... Uh, I don't really play my handhelds outside of, like, RPGs. Or in the case of the Vita, if I'm replaying like, something like Metal Gear Solid 1 or... Uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, stuff like that, you know? You played a hell out of Shin Megami Tensei 5. 4. 4. 4. <laughs> I, I actually completely had slipped my mind, yeah. 4 and 4 Apocalypse are uh, are really good. They'd be better on the Vita, but but they're really good. Yeah, no, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, right. Like when <laughs> when I think about it, I know there's a lot of games. Like there's like there's like Mario Parties. There's Mario Kart that was pretty good, but I feel like the 3DS. Had, I, I like I'm probably the wrong demographic for it. I played it for the RPGs and the big exclusive games. I didn't really play much else on it. Mm-hmm. Like if I had the choice to download an indie game on the 3DS. Like, to download Shovel Knight in 3DS versus downloading Shovel Knight on the Vita, I would go Vita 100%, because I just feel like it controls a lot better, it looks better, plays better. How do you feel about rebuying games on the handheld where you can just buy it on Steam cheaper? Um, I mean, it's like the same thing if you are to buy it on a console you own. I think the big thing with the Switch is it's kind of become like an indie machine for me. Like, that's where I own stuff like uh, Hollow Knight. Uh, I think I own Shovel Knight again there. I own Into the Breach there. So I, I own a, quite a good number of indie games on that platform just because I have the option of home or away. Obviously, mm-hmm. Steam is going to have like the best version overall for those types of games. So it's just a matter of what you want. And it's a matter of if you think like a game's me, worth yeah. double dipping. Like, for me, I don't really like buying the same game multiple times if I can't help it. Like, the only exception to this is, like, fighting games. 
if the PC version comes out later than the console one, yeah. I'll probably just buy the console one earlier. Yeah. And if the game doesn't support like cl- cross-platform saves, I really don't like buying. Like I know supporting the indie is good and all, but like just so I can play on like a portable, just to like buy the same game again. No, I I make get any you. Sense to me. But back when Trails of Cold Steel One came out, I bought a PlayStation Three copy and a Vita copy on launch day because I'm crazy and I wanted to support it. And there's definitely a case. Mm. There's definitely a case like that. Like for instance, the opposite is going to be true. Because I bought Dragon Quest Eleven for PS4, but I'm buying the Switch version because it comes with extra stuff. My God, that's a lot of money to spend there. It's not insignificant, but like I'm crazy. Like those are things I'm crazy about. So I'll, I'll double dip if it's something I really want and I really want portable. Like for instance, I own Shovel Knight on like the Wii U because that was like one of the initial systems it launched for. But I also got a PlayStation 4 copy from the... Uh, I think I got it from PlayStation Plus. And then later on, I bought it for the Switch just because I liked the game enough and I wanted it on the go. Another great example is like Sonic Mania. I think I own like four versions of that game. But mm-hmm. that's just because I'm crazy and I really want to have it on every way to play. And I'm trying to show my support to the devs. So it's... It, like I'm, I'm, not the, I'm, not a good, I'm not a good market sample for that. Because it's like, hey... From this one IP address, there's like eight copies of Sonic Mania. That that's an outlier. I mean, I mean, I think you're a bigger, more about bigger Sonic. I almost said nut. A Sonic fan Whoa. than I am. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I grew up with Sonic, and now Sonic's weird. All right, then we're wrapping up this generation with. Darren likes Vita more and Andy likes 3DS more. You're wrong. Is that but, fair? Um, yeah. No, sure. uh, okay. Yeah. Like I like, like like I said, I still play my Vita today. There are so many. Like the, the cool thing about the Vita over the 3DS is how Sony handled the backwards compatibility and how they handled the classics. Even though you couldn't download every PlayStation One classic on the Vita for whatever reason. But they brought a lot of the key titles. So you got like Mega Man Legends 1 and 2. You got Sweet Codens 1 and 2. Final Fantasies 1 through 9. Personas 1, 2. Then later on like 3 and 4. And you you had access to so many games. Especially obscure games like Tomba or Klonoa and stuff like that. You could play Spyro. Let me just stop you before you go on. Then how is my statement about you liking the Vita more wrong? Then? It's not. It's totally not. It's entirely subjective. But I'm just saying. just I'm, told me no. No, no, but I'm, I'm making a point here. And my point is the backwards compatibility for classic games on 3DS is shit. Like the whole buy, like spend like $7 on an NES game. Spend like 12 or 14 on a Super Nintendo game. And then you have to buy a separate copy for the Wii U and the separate copy for the Wii. Like, that was handled so terribly, whereas on PlayStation, on if you download Symphony Night on the PSP, you can just re-download it on the Vita. Like, that like that was a big thing in its favor that Nintendo still, to this day, mm-hmm. has not got right. I mean, you got the Switch Arcade, the Switch NES thing now. Still, so. still waiting to play Chrono Trigger on my Switch. Still waiting to play Super Metroid. Still waiting to play any Game Boy Advance game. Like, it's a joke. They release like one game a month of the NES library, which is already like six hundred games strong. 
they they, they never it seems like it. a whole other argument it is like nintendo like, just sucks at their whole <laughs> redistribution of their classic library is probably my biggest issue with nintendo ever i wish they could nail that because they had they're onto something with the wii and they dropped the ball ever since and still to this day drop the ball but that's neither what i don't get from nintendo is they actually have game boy advance games on the wii u but they refuse to release on the switch or the 3ds (laughs) like play like they had the ambassador program they never made those games available to download to purchase on the 3ds eShop. why why like is it licensing issues it can't be they send it free to ambassadors like that, that always okay, blew so my mind just for pe- yeah just for people who might not be familiar what is the ambassador program it is a program for people who owned a 3ds within like the first three three or four months is basically if you owned a base model 3ds you could register on uh online through nintendo's website and basically sign up your account for an ambassador program where since you were an original supporter your account could download 10 different Game Boy Advance games, which include stuff like Minish Cap, Metroid Fusion, Fire Emblem the Sacred Stone, stuff like that. It was a really cool, like, throw, like, just like a, a good, you know, freebie, a goodwill freebie to give good games of your classic library to your consumers who were loyal to you in a rough period. But they never were available to anyone outside of that program. Ever. So you never actually got them? No. If you, if you say, for instance, I sold my launch 3DS, the Ambassador Program games on it. Say I got rid of that. And then I got mm-hmm. a new 3DS. And I went, oh, I'm going to open up the eShop. I'm going to download those Ambassador games, but I'll pay money. I can't do it because they're not online. They're only for people who did the Ambassador Program. Oh, uh, okay. So it's like tied to your system. Then. It's tied to like your account and your system. Okay. I mean, that kind of makes sense. But why can't I pay money to have them? That's that's my question. Because they want you to focus on the newer stuff. But I'm still giving them money. <laughs> but they don't know that. <laughs> they, they do. They can look at the data. They can see that yeah. I purchased it. They have more money in their bank. You're a small sample size to actually implement that feature. Then why did they release Game Boy Color and Game Boy games? Because uh, they're stupid there. Then oh. why didn't they do... <laughs> oh, like that's what infuriates me. They they got halfway there. They were but they, they were just, on track, but then they didn't do it. They take five steps forward and they took ten steps back. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. But like that's like the one thing that held the Vita up in my mind was all the backwards compatibility and distribution of like the quote-unquote classic games, the downloadable games that you can get on the PlayStation Store. That single-handedly, mm-hmm. in my mind, saved the Vita and makes it something I still play to this day. Whereas if I could go back on the 3DS and play all the Game Boy Advance games, like or at least I could play a sizable portion of that library and the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy and have access to all that, I would I would suffer through the 3DS because that would be amazing. But if I hack my Vita... I can play everything. I just find it very annoying that, like, I agree with all your points. Vita is a great system to play old games. But but I hate that they didn't ever release that TV out 
capability of the Vita, or at least some kind of monitor out. They only released the Vita TV, which to my knowledge, you can only do it through cartridges and not actual downloaded games. No, you it, can right? download games on it. It's just that they're... To it, right? It, but you need to use the memory card. Yeah, you need you need that proprietary memory the, card. Yeah, which is Yeah, which dumb. is dumb. Like, and then it also is locked to 720p, which is what the Vita output it at, so that's fine. But it's also a case where some of the games run worse downloaded than the cart. On like the Vita, the Vita TV. has the port to TV out. You can clearly see it on the original like 1000 models. Yeah. But they, they never bothered to release it, which really annoys me. Because I have this a bunch of Vita library game, uh, Vita games I want to play. Uh, for example, Muramasa. But I don't, I don't really want to play on the handheld because I don't like staring at like small screens nowadays. Like back then when I was a kid, I was like, ooh, like this is awesome. But nowadays, like I just want to use my big screen or monitors I have to play the games on it, but I can't. So there's that. The PSB had its cable that lets you hook it up to your TV. I like the 3DS. If you mod it, you can like play on the monitors too. Yeah. But ugh, I don't know. Like the 3DS and Vita Gen is really a weird generation for me. Because like I bought the systems, but I never actually ended up playing, spending more time on the system than I did during like the PSP or like the two, uh, the normal DS era. But how much of that has to do with being younger and having more free time? Uh, we also have I mean, we also have phones, which are a huge distraction. I mean, to be honest, I didn't have a great smartphone until like recently, so I actually didn't get to play any or like spend time on my phone. I mean, good good for you, good for you. That's great. Not really, no. I mean, I remember I when out. I was really young. I used to go to the bathroom. I never had an iPhone. I used to go to the bathroom and beat the Elite Four in Pokemon. And then that's what I do in the bathroom. Great. No, on my on my Game Boy, like as a kid. Oh, okay. And my, so ma- and my mom would come up to me and be okay. like, "Are you okay? You were in the bathroom for like thirty minutes. Are you okay?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, I'm fine. I'm good." <laughs> and then she would like look at my if I'm wearing shorts. There's like welts on my legs from where I had my knees resting on my legs playing the Game Boy. You know, sitting on the toilet for a long time leads to like diseases. <laughs> I'm sure it does, but like I'm a I was a dumb kid. I wanted extra turns and fire envelope. Like there was just there's there's stuff to do, and then now people are on Twitter while they're pooping. <laughs> All right, spewing shit that out of two. both ends. Oh my god, I don't need to know that. I know that's a South Park reference, but I don't need to know that. Well, it's more so referring, like, you know, you're pooping and then you're saying shit on Twitter. This podcast is going great. It's going splendid. You know what else was splendid? <gasps> the, oh, you might disagree. Actually, no, I don't really mind. I think this time you might agree with me. The DS was better than the PSP. Hmm. In terms of games, I think I played more games on the DS. But I, my ultimate favorite console, handheld console of all time, which we'll talk about later, is the Game Boy. But during the whole which DS Game versus Boy? Ad- Advance. There you go. Just want to clarify. Yeah. Um, I think the PSP is an absolutely killer. That game, that the PSP is a stupid big library, and it had again it, like. 
Well, I, I was just going to say, like, some of my favorite portable gaming experiences were on the PSP, being able to play either online or, like, in co-op with my friends. Like, I played through the entirety of Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker in either co-op or in, like, up to four-player co-op parties. Like, I, I, I had crazy fun doing stuff like that. Then you also had access to, like, the PlayStation 1 classics, which is something the DS did not have. The DS had an absolutely phenomenal library. I'm not going to argue that because literally, I I think on my 3DS, I've played more DS games on it than 3DS games. Like, I stand by the DS is fantastic. Like, I, I view them more as equals because I thought Sony really brought it. And just purely, like, again, my big thing is I play RPGs on my handhelds. The PSP RPG li library completely destroys the DS RPG library. It's not even Name a contest. Five? Pardon? Name me five? On the PSP? What RPG games? On the PSP? Is that what you're... You're is cutting. That, is that what you're asking? You you want me to, to, to list five R, like really great RPG games on PSP? That's not PS1 Classics. Sure. So this also can include uh, remakes for the PSP? No. Well, I'm counting. I'm counting Tactics Ogre list cling together because that's a like re a complete reimagining of a Super Nintendo game. Uh, sure. Which is phenomenal. It's one of the best RPGs ever made. I'll stand by that. Mm. It's one of the best remakes ever. Uh, let me guess, Award Alliance. Well, I'm not counting that because of your criteria. Uh huh. Go on. <laughs> but you also had stuff like. There was a lot of ports. <laughs> like I'll be very honest with you, I, I like I, I'm not gonna disagree with you that it had a lot of games, but most of it were like ports. There were, but there was also a lot of original stuff. Like there was the Trails of Cold Steel games. You and your not Trails Cold, Steel, of Cold Steel, Trails in the Sky, but those games are fantastic. There was Lunar, oh, yeah. Silver Star, Harmony. There was stuff like uh, Polo Cross. There was stuff like the Third Remake. Birthday. <laughs> There was the stuff. That's not. That's a, that's a, that was a weird sequel. No, that's new. That's new. Um, third, third birthday was like meh. But it was pretty solid for the time in terms of just like an action game on the go. It was pretty mm. solid. It had pretty good graphics. Um, you'd stuff like the Monster Hunters. You'd several. I could. Which is the only reason it like still thrived in Japan. I mean, that's like, why it killed long? it in Japan because it had like five Monster Hunter games on it. It was like the home of Monster Hunter. But yep, two, three, X. You had John to Arc. You had Fantasy Star oh, Portables one and two. You had all sorts of weird like Fantasy Star copies on the Vita that, that had or the, the PSP. Like I can pull oh, up the I Persona can, Two remake. Persona, Persona 2, two remake. Persona three remake. That was huge. Ah, there you go. Like there, like that's all. Dude, I'm already every time at, like, I 12. think about it, like why did the PSP not do so well in America? It did do pretty well. America? pretty well but like compared to like the ds though how come it always like felt short to like nintendo because nintendo had the established presence psp started off really strong it had a lot of like like you could play ps2 quality games on the psp which was killer like you had stuff like the grant like the three grand theft auto games on it which were huge that you could not have anything close to on the ds mm -hmm. outside of chinatown wars which later had a better port on psp but uh, why do I always think like the DS was better than? Because it Is had it because it, like the a, market value. It had it had the market value. It had a bigger audience. It had probably bigger innovations for gameplay. 
and like video game design for the dual mm. screens. It had a bigger library of games. It had a lot more first party games. Like it, like Nintendo brought it with the DS, and the DS era was a really long time. Like way too long, I think. Probably that's probably why the 3DS felt so weird because it felt so far down the line, but still kind of the same. It's just like a DS Pro that just happened to have a 3D gimmick. Yeah. But, like, the PS... Like, I think that the PSP did really well in America. That, I, that's why they did a Vita, right? Like, that's why they even bothered to do a continuation. And, obviously, the PSP was killing it in Japan. And the Vita, again, mm-hmm. did well in Japan, but not as well over here. And the Vita thing, we can point to the memory card issue and the lack of really great first-party software. Like, the DS had non-stop good years and there was always something out on it and it was such a leap from the game boy advance i wonder if you take pokemon out of the equation would it like actually make things like oh it would make a huge difference (laughs) it would would make a huge difference pokemon is like all the difference because you had two different generations of pokemon on the ds like, think about uh, it that way. White, That's huge. Black and white and Plat- diamond, diamond, platinum, and... pearl. Yeah, plat- diamond, platinum, pearl. And yes. platinum was like a, almost like a remake of that generation. Oh, and had a freaking soul gold and hearts. Yeah, yeah. Like, think about how many soul Pokemon silver games. And heart gold. Think about how many main oh installment Pokemon games are on the DS. Like, that alone is like, what, 20 million units in of itself, if not more? I find it really an interesting to point out that the first party games do define a console in a way. No, they 100% do. That's why people like the Switch. If Nintendo didn't bring it to the Switch and they didn't bring out all these killer first party games back to back to back, the Switch would have been like a 3DS situation where it would have really floundered at the start. Like, do you remember Launch Window 3DS? There was like 10 games on the market for like six months it has street fighter 3d that was and <laughs> it had the battleship game like the submarine game it had that and it it resort wings uh do you remember what the ds launch title was like the ds launch had mario 64 ds it had the demo resident evil ds oh i was not gonna go there uh, it had <laughs> it had um uh, it had the Metroid Prime Hunters demo being a really big thing. You also had the GBA port, which was huge, mm-hmm. back for the uh, the base model. And it could also play up to Game Boy Color games. Like I was still playing Pokemon Crystal on my on my launch DS. Ew. So you like again that backwards compatibility was huge to help to help project it and keep it sustained. Whereas the 3DS like really suffered at launch. Do you remember what the Vita launched with? Um, Uncharted, I'm pretty sure. It launched with Wipeout. Gravity Rush, I think. Gravity Rush was not launch window, but I forgot to mention it during the great okay. Vita games. God damn it. Gravity Rush is awesome on the Vita. Ha 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 ha. Um, I'm just trying... I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think. So I think I just got... I got Uncharted, and I think that was pretty much it for a little bit until like year two. Because the launch was not amazing for Vita either. But again, the backwards compatibility was what held it. 
Vita really flourished once Persona 4 came out. <laughs> that helped. Ow. That hurt. Sorry. Uh, you know, I'm kind of out of it today. We've kind of like segue into this topic now. I don't know what I'm talking about. Persona 4. Uh, the Vita really flourished once Persona 4 yeah. Gold came out. I would agree. And then we're talking about the DS. Yes. Okay. And a lot of Pokemon. We just, <laughs> a lot of po- like seriously, a lot of Pokemon. Um, do, can you think of anything else for the Vita? Uh, for a DS. Uh, it had Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, which was for a while like the least popular Fire Emblem game. It had the Mega Man Five Double Team. It had two. It had one Battle Network game that was a port. Then it had the Star Force games. You had the Dragon. All three of them. You had the Dragon Quest uh, Zenithia trilogy remade and brought over to English for the first time, which is pretty cool. You had Dragon Quest Nine, which was actually a pretty big deal. Um, and it had all the Doctor Layton games. You had all the Phoenix Wright games, Ace Attorney. All the what was the hospital game? Trauma Center. Yeah, that was a launch window. Great series. Dogs. hello. Oh my god. But you also had stuff like New Super Mario Brothers, which was a really big deal at the time. Then them going those, like, back brain... to 2D. And the, all like the Brain Age games. Yeah, it, like the DS attracted a really wide casual market. Like Animal Crossing DS was also a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Like I like I knew my like my sister who is about four years younger than me. When I was in high school, with the DS like all her friends in elementary school had a DS because there was casual games like your your Animal Crossings that appealed to everyone or like a Pokemon Mario type Kart. thing. Mario Kart DS was a huge deal. That was like probably the best multiplayer game for the DS. And online play wasn't as like confusing as the Vita was. You just local area networking like good to go uh ds ad hoc was kind of complicated it was not it was literally a switch and you could just play multiplayer but uh, uh i don't know it was pretty easy <laughs> it just people were dumb but the ds only had like a handful of games that actually had full on like actual online multiplayer and not co-op multiplayer or ad hoc multiplayer ds was really a revolution i think it was it like int- it introduced touchscreen to gaming which was a huge deal. And obviously, in today's day and age, we can appreciate that far more in retrospect, since literally 90% of game development is mobile now and on a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. And people made fun of the DS when it first got announced at E3 when Reggie held it up. Was it Reggie? Yeah, that was Reggie's okay. introduction. Reggie fils his body you know, he, was, he, he was there to kick ass and uh take, take names. names and he wanted to talk about games and his body was ready that was later that was two years later his body wasn't ready just then. The, all this like like all this talk is making me feel very old i mean even though we're not that old well the video like if you look at like video game advancement like Game Boy Advance and SP, like the SP was not that far after the original Game Boy, mm-hmm. and DS was a much larger space of time because then you had the DS Lite, you had the DSi, you had uh, oh my god the DSi. That my biggest regret in life is trading in my DS Lite for a DSi. 
Why? Just because you wanted the camera? Because I thought it like I wanted. I, I just thought it looked cool, and I thought there would be like cool new things for it, and there wasn't. And I was like, "No, wait, please give me my Game Boy Advance port back." Nope. So yeah, that that, that was a real bummer because I played so much like Fire Emblem and Fire Emblem Sacred Stones on my DSs. Mm-hmm. Like I probably played my Game Boy Advance games. Like, the ones that I, I, I kept and held on to, like my Pokemon games, I probably played those more on the DS than I did on the Game Boy Advance. Speaking of... You know, I'm seeing a pattern. I Before you segue. I'm just seeing I, a pattern I, where on every new handheld, I just played the stuff from the, old, from the other handheld. In retrospect, we should have done things backwards, but I think this kind of worked. Now let's talk about... The greatest handheld of all time, because I, you know what, I don't want to talk about like the Game Boy Color or the Game Boy but, original. But Pokemon, I mean, we can talk about that. But I think the most definitive statement I can make is the Game Boy Advance was probably the best handheld console of all time. It was, and I will fight you for it. Can I add a uh, now, an extra bit to that that's that that feeling that sentiment? Right now, if you throw certain software in your Vita, you can play every single Game Boy Advance game incredibly well on the Vita. Well, you gotta root it. <laughs> I just want to let everyone know. I don't want to root my PS Vita. <laughs> but uh, no, the Game Boy Advance is utterly fantastic. I I am hard-pressed to think of a, like, I have a hard time disagreeing with that. Even though I'm like, you know, I'll defend DS and, and, and Vita and PSP. I'll, I'll go for those. But mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance had so many games. But the crazy thing about the Game Boy Advance, it had so many good games all the time. Like, evenly spaced out, too. There wasn't like, really we like think about DS, a drought. Year one DS was kind of slow. You only it had was. like three or four major releases. 3DS, super slow. PSP had its lulls. Vita definitely had its lulls. Game Boy Advance, literally every month something amazing was coming out. There was so... Because everybody was developing for it. It was great. And you also had everyone porting stuff to it. You had a bunch of awesome Super Nintendo games getting ported. We had like... We had like what five, five or six Final Fantasy games on the freaking GBA. We had a Tactics Ogre game. We had two Fire Emblems. We had technically five Pokemon games if you include all versions. Um, let's see: Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, Fire Emerald, Red, Leaf Green, and then these. No, those DS. So five, yeah. Uh, then you also had uh, cartridges that held like two episodes of a TV show on it that you could watch. And I actually see. bought that fucking fairly odd parents episode <laughs> with the SpongeBob combo. <laughs> I don't even know why I watched that. I just did. My friends had the uh, the Game Boy stuff, but to be fair, we didn't talk about this at all for the PSB. But I I still have a bunch of shitty of UMD movies, UMD movies oh, no. including. From the launch year, Final Fantasy Advent Children. That might be like a collector. I still point. own that on UMD. 
My God. <laughs> I mean, I still own Crisis Core UMD. I guess that's hell. No, I, I do it too. Value. But to be fair, that's the only way to play Crisis Core anymore. Yep. Uh, but no, that was the only game next to Birth by Sleep. But they eventually. <gasps> I forgot about so Birth by Sleep. That's another Are RPG. You sure the only reason people bought a PSP is a big part. Well, kind of. It's a big. That was I a think big thing. for me, Crisis. Oh my god, we need to work on this, but we're like jumping all over the place again. Yeah. But uh, PSP note: Crisis Core. One of the only reasons I wanted a PSP, and also Birth by Sleep. One of the like the best games I played on the system, and then Dissidia. See, oh see, god. see. There's more. I'm not crazy. There's a lot of games on PSP. You keep thinking. I'm just sad. I'm just sad. Like the PSP, like I don't know, was always Pe- like people playing silver medal to the yeah. like in the hand. People always race. talk dirty about the PSP, and that's super unwarranted because there was a crazy amount of support for it, and there was a lot of good games on it. Like if you point to Peace Walker, I'd rather play Peace Walker than like ninety percent of the DS library. But that's neither here or there. We're supposed to talk about GBA. We're supposed to talk about GBA. Like, when I talk about games coming out all the time, there were six Mega Man Battle Network games on this freaking system. Think about that. One, two, three, four. And that's eight, not even including two, the chip challenge one. Six, seven, eight, nine. Technically, there's like 10, 12 Mega Man games because three onwards, they did a Pokemon shit where they announced two yeah. different versions. There's also that one side game, too. The Battle Chip I Challenge. I played all... Th- I played all of that, to be honest. I played all of them from two onwards, where my my, one of my elementary school friends introduced it to me. You had the two Golden Sun games. You had all the Final oh Fantasy ports. Oh my god, the Golden Sun. Yeah, like, like that's crazy to think about now. Like the, the big thing for me, though, for Game Boy was Fire Emblem. That completely mm. like changed my life, playing Fire Emblem on the Game Boy Advance. Like, no exaggeration. Um... And there's there's so many others. Like you look at the Super Mario games. Like I remember playing Super Mario Brothers Advance, where it remade two, or later where it did the remake of three, which was awesome. And then you have Super Mario World. Then you had uh, Yoshi Advance. You like they had ports. You had Donkey Kong Countries. You had Link to the Past. You had Minish Cap, which might be my favorite Zelda game. Like there was just oh, there's so much. And I'm forgetting well, about a ton. Up. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. My turn. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so when I was growing up, I let's say my parents weren't that open to me, like buying games all the time, because the, the, the last console they bought for me was the the Pokemon Emerald Game Boy Color bundle. Wait. And after that, wait. I, what? Hello. The Pokemon uh, Emerald the Color Pokemon a, Color. What? There was a bundle. With emerald? A crystal. Uh, I was just like... Crystal, crystal. Crazy. Editing that out. So my parents bought me a Game Boy Color that had Pokemon Crystal with it. And it was like a bundle at the time. It's a good bundle. And after that, they didn't actually buy the Game Boy Advance for me because they thought I was gaming too much. Because my brother and I got the PS2. So my parents were saying, you know, you already have a PS2. Why buy another Game Boy, right? So this is kind of like illegal talk, but uh, back in the day where I couldn't afford things, I would just get like an emulator of the Visual Boy Advance era. And um, I used to play, I literally played every single Game Boy Advance game that came out. That's, because that's a I, lot. That's a lot of games, I, dude. I am not kidding you because 
Okay, I started when the Mega Man like three came out, the Battle Network. Yeah. I actually played that on the actual system because I like um, I begged my friend to lend me his Game Boy Advance because all he was doing like uh, Pokemon Red, the Game Boy Color version on it. So I was like, just lend it for me a week. I need to play the Mega Man. <laughs> You're not even <laughs> using it. Please. Please. So, and when I got the Battle Network game, I'm like, oh man, this is Mega Man. So I just like, you know, jump and shoot, right? But when I got it, I was like, holy shit, what is this? So, like, you take turns and you like ch- play chips. What's like, this dick whole... building thing going on? It was so cool. And like, I literally went every week, went to my Blockbuster. I was like, oh, is there a sequel? Because at the time, there's no internet. So I didn't yeah. know like, oh, is there a sequel that's coming out? Is there a sequel? Oh, there's a fucking Mega Man Battle Network too. I'm so getting that. It's like, oh, you can retreat without a chip now, which was a big ass annoying you know, thing in like Mega Man Battle Network. For young Andy, this would be such a good thing because there was literally one of those games coming out like every eight months. <laughs> like if I, at, at, like I didn't really get a part time job, which I I mean, how, yeah, but Game Boy Advance. Like, I didn't. A long I didn't time ago. I didn't get an allowance either at the time, so like emulators were my only way out. Like I know it's like bad for me to not support the whatever but no I but like it everyone <laughs> listening to this is emulated so it's whatever yeah it's water under the bridge so going on from that i actually got uh found this korean site which actually released all the new games that comes out and like in the rom format and so that's how i kept up with all the new releases so every time a new Mega Man Battle Network game comes out or a Mega Man Zero, another fantastic series oh my god yeah I, I mean, holy shit Mega Man Zero i would literally play Anything that comes out, even like the obscure games. Like, do you, you ever play Summon Night Heroes? Summon Night Heroes or Summon Night. I remember there's two of them, right? And they were like On side. The Game Boy, they were yeah. like, like side. You're like a blacksmith. Uh, they're like 2D, like pseudo action RPGs. It's like a 2D side scroller yeah, hack and yeah. slash. Did you ever play Shining Soul on the Game Boy Advance? Yes, and I there's multiplayer on Game Boy Advance. Oh my god! There's yeah, they, they ported both of them. One and two. Dude, I played everything. I played every single Final Fantasy on the Game Boy. I played every single Pokemon. I played every single Battle Network. I played every single Zero games, too. I was, I was insane. I'm, I'm going to make a, a controversial statement here. I was insane. I, I'm i I'm going on record to say I beat every single Battle Network game. I, <laughs> like I believe both that. Both versions. I, both? Jesus. That's so... I, I beat both... Um, what's it called? Blue... It was black and white in Japan, I think, but it was like blue and white here. Then I beat Sun and Moon. Oh, oh wait, that's already the Sun and Moon. They actually were like Sun and Moon. Oh my god, they actually were. Oh fuck! And then I beat uh, both Team Colonel and Team Proto. To be fair, to be fair, so did I. (laughs) I mean, you you had to. Although Colonel's like playstyle was a bit disappointing for me because they looked much more cooler than Proto Man. Well, the, but his the, whole gimmick was like he summoned soldiers to yeah. fight for him. It's like, eh. well, then the funnier thing is if you look back to like the Mega Man X games, he's based off of like one of the lamest characters from that series. He's possessed by a demon. And funny, fun story. <laughs> he was super lame. As a kid, I used to call him Colonel. Because <laughs> I oh, didn't no, know it's it. Colonel. <laughs> That's why I said, "Oh man, it's Colonel. He looks so cool." <laughs> People are like it's Colonel. I'm like, just where, where's the R? <laughs> It's Colonel. Yeah. I, I so did you actually call... It's a weird question, but did you call Colonel Campbell Colonel Campbell then? Well, no, no. What, I I oh. didn't play Metal Gear... Here, well, let's not get into it too much, but I played the entire original four Metal Gear Solid games backwards. 
oh, in reverse okay. order. That makes sense. Yeah. So let's. I I knew very well it was Colonel Campbell uh, <laughs> going into that. Like Colonel Campbell. <laughs> Colonel. Maybe it was like a Japanese. Maybe it was a Japanese pronunciation. No, actually, no. They go Kanaru. <laughs> Kanaru. That's uh, true. But uh, I was going to say but, a controversial statement to say that Mega Man Zero Three is the best two D Mega Man game ever made. That's not controversial because it's true. Damn right. Three is the best. Four was okay, but four not four was so easy. There's an achievement for beating the game in under an hour. You can literally tech that axe thing from like the one of the levels and just swing that and to kill everybody. Yeah, four was so four had such a good ending, but oh my god, the whole rest of the game was so nothing. Three had the best story, best best final boss. It had a literal character action final boss fight in a Mega Man game. Oh, like, oh, shit, like, oh, the, the freaking Pokemon, like, silver thing where you fight red thing. Yeah, it had, it had something <laughs> cool like that. Do you want the, uh, this is, like, uh, super off-topic, but since we're on this tangent already, um, the original design too. document for uh, Mega Man Zero Three, when he fights mm-hmm. Omega, who has the original Zero body, he was supposed to yeah. have a sprite from the Mega Man X games. Ooh. But uh, it got Ooh. scrapped, and they just made the body like a darker tone of red. No, want to hear? Want to hear another? Want to hear another <laughs> cool design story or like developer story from the Mega Man Zero games? Yeah. You know, in Mega Man Zero One, the final boss is a copy of X. Yeah, the copy. X. It was supposed to be X after Mega Man X Five, who basically after Zero dies in air quotes in Mega Man X Five. X continues on, <laughs> and he just become he eventually just goes crazy protecting humanity. And dude, that would have been a cool t- yeah. like Mega Man universe thing. So that was what Zero was supposed to be. It was supposed to be yeah. you fighting the original X, who just went freaking crazy, and you're basically like a rebuilt Zero. Oh, that's so cool, though. Yeah, yeah. There's like freaking Mega Man Zero is awesome. Oh my god, I'm getting giddy just thinking about it. I want to go boot up the the collection I have for DS. Like oh yeah, that that's a collection too. Oh, Mega Man ZX Advent also on the yeah yeah Mega Man. Well, questionable. Uh, <laughs> I I like those games a lot, but they're not as good as the Zero games. It was okay. They had good sprites. Um, like this is one of my biggest complaint against Nintendo. Like release the damn Mega Man series on Switch already. I mean, we got the or Legacy make a collection. collection. We have we have collections yes. for classic. And X. NES and SNES ones. Yeah. Even the PS2 one of all things. Yeah, those two games are interesting. But yeah, they, they definitely should. I mean, I'd be all for it. Especially because, like, like I said, the Game Boy was non-stop great games. And there's so many cool, obscure RPGs and other types of games for it. That Summon Knight is um, great. Freaking, I remember reading that Nintendo Power. Final oh, Fantasy I got, Advanced Tactics. Well hey, here's... If anyone's made it this far... I have a very fun DS RPG recommendation that is incredibly obscure. And there's going to be like two people that listen to this that know what I'm talking about. But as a huge Fire Emblem fan, I I waited forever for a strategy RPG for the DS. The first one I bought, because I read about it in Nintendo Power, was called Rondo of Swords. And it's this whole concept of a strategy game where instead of going next to an enemy and attacking them... You move through enemies, and you can attack multiple enemies per turn if you can move. use your movement to move through them. 
and it was an Atlas-developed RPG. It had multiple endings. It had a character recruitment system like Fire Emblem. It had an equipment system, a skill system, promotion system, and it had two completely different endings, and it's like the most anime. In today's market, it would not fly at all, but it's a super, super obscure RPG, and I still own my original cartridge for that. Looks obscure. Yeah. But it was cool. Something nice better. <laughs> Maybe. It might have the same artist. I th- yeah, it looks very similar yeah, to it. I think that's why I, I picked it up in the store. Because I'm like, this looks like that one weird RPG I played for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, we also forgot, well, part two parts. Yggdra Union, if you ever played on the PSP. Oh, right. Or Game Boy Advance. And Riviera, The Promised Land, which is also on Game Boy Advance. Those are super good. Those were from the same developer. And Darren. We forgot another great Advance Wars iconic game. Oh, you read my mind. Yeah. Advance Wars. Oh, those are so good. Black Horizon was so good. Literally, Fuck. Advance Wars is the reason we have like any like RPGs Tactical on, on Nintendo systems. It a great. Oh my god, that game ate so much of my time. Why is there no Advance Wars on Switch? Because the DS one sucked. Ah, actually, no. There is a spiritual successor, but Tiny Metal. No, there's a different one that's like uh, okay, whatever. But it's like medieval with dragons and stuff. Um, anyway, yeah. Oh my god. No, but like Dual Strike is arguably it's the best so Advance Wars games, isn't it? For DS, yeah. For DS, isn't that like looked at as the best one? Is that the Grimmy one no, or the like, that uh, is uh, Dark? Not Dark Dawn. Uh, it's Dark something. It's the one where there's a meteor. That, it's like a post-apocalypse. And it's like a completely different That one was style. okay. It's still fun, but it's not as... It loses the atmosphere and, and sense of humor and like the series identity. I think Black Hole Rising was the best. But the, yes, yeah, the Dual Strike one was... That was rad. Good. And he had multiplayer for that. Man. I, I like Advanced Wars, but I suck at strategy gaming. <laughs> I, so it took me so long to beat them. I like Advance Wars, but I'm boy, I'm a lot better at Fire Emblem than I am at Advance Wars. Because like the what's it called? Like Advance Wars had like a little a lot of like range units you had to like consider for, whereas Fire yeah. Emblem they didn't really have as much. They had all they, 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 they have like, they have like two units for that, but but yeah. Oh my god, there's so many games Literally, for Game it, Boy you, Advance. There are so many obscure games. There's like Ninja 5.0, which is like a 2D Ninja Gaiden-like type game. There is mm-hmm. so many. There's so many you can pull from. There's even the Sonic Advance games, which are relatively solid, that are probably the closest things you would see to like Genesis-era Sonic outside of Mania. Even, even like the obscure, like really... Oh, I mean, you remember you ever play Metabots on Game Boy Advance? I think I did. I think I rented it. Then not the like the turn-based one, but the, like the arena battle one. No, I played the turn-based one. Oh, you, you need to play the arena battle one. It's so good. I'll one up you. I play. I played <laughs> till completion the Shaman oh. King game on Game Boy oh Advance. Oh my fucking god! Both I, of them. I played that too. The, I played. I played the stupid <laughs> deck building one. And the 2D side scroll one. The action one, one. Which was way... 2D side scroll one was so It's good. so much better than the card game way. one. <laughs> Do you know how the card game one ends? Oh my god. It ends a quarter of the oh. way through the show in a time loop. 
Ew. Where you have to fight a copy of yourself at the bottom of a pyramid. It sounds like Shaman King. It's so bad, but I played the whole freaking game. Oh my god, we're not even, we haven't even talked about like the Yu-Gi-Oh games either. Oh my god. And the Harvest, Harvest Moon. I never like, got into oh. Harvest Moon, but I did play uh, all the Yu-Gi-Oh games. I played like literally every portable Yu-Gi-Oh game up to like Legacy of the Duelist like 3 or 4 on the... Uh, or, or whatever those games are called, like the Battle Tag games on PSP. I stopped at like 3 or 4 because I was just like, I need a break. Yeah, that attack force was getting ridiculous. Did you ever, oh my god, Darren. Did you ever play the 5Ds yes. Yu-Gi-Oh game on DS where you actually had the motorcycle? I did not, but I did see videos of it. Like, I was like, there, there was... This is stupid. Like, you could, you were straight up just your, your homebrew 5Ds character, which is hilarious. Oh my god. I mean, okay, we talked about the Golden Suns. Well, we, we kind of I mean, dabbled can't... on it. I honestly don't have... You want to go into it? I really only played the first one, which is a shame. You didn't, you didn't play Lost Age? No, I didn't own it. What? I didn't own it. I, I borrowed oh my friend's my copy of the first game, and then he like helped me beat the secret bosses back in the day. And Dude, You need to go back. You need to go back to it. Here's the question I have for you. Because it had that weird... I, knew, I know it has that weird system where you need a link cable to import your save data. Oh yeah. Does that actually need, change though. anything? You importing stuff? Um, do you care about spoilers? It's I I more or less know what happened because I played a little bit of uh, Dark Dawn for DS. So basically, your import data you will be using that in the later half of the game. Let's oh, you that. go back to that party. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Does that work on emulator? Um, I haven't tried it. It might. Because I feel like somewhere I, I actually have physical copies of them because I, I found I, I, there was a it, in my early university life, I had a big retro gaming kick where I collected mm-hmm. DS and GBA games because of all systems, those were the cheapest to buy uh, physical uh, copies of. Like, dude, there's so many games on Game Boy hey, that we can literally dedicate hey, episodes hey, to. Hey, Andy. Mario and Luigi uh, Superstar Saga. <laughs> Mario and Luigi. <laughs> Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. That game's amazing. <laughs> or you fucking stack one each other and attack. Yeah. <laughs> or they have their fake Italian. Oh my God. It had Fawful. I'll be very honest, I didn't like I didn't like that game as much no. only because there's so many other games. I mean, like, like we, like we're not oh even. There, there's like some I'm forgetting that are like super obscure that I want to talk about. But there's like literally, there are so many uh, uh, Gunstar Heroes. Well, that was Genesis. Oh my god! No, no. Oh, there's superheroes. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's Gunstar superheroes. Yeah, I got. You ready for this? Oh boy, you ready for this? I don't know. Super Robot Wars. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I played both of the Game Boy Advance ones. I remember oh, playing shit. those and being like, "I don't know what's going on, but this looks pretty cool." Giant robots doing look things. at all these oh, look missiles at flying. <laughs> Why is this chick naked all of a sudden? <laughs> there was a lot of that in those games. It's like, oh my god, this can't be an E-rated game. Yeah, that battle. like that was like rated E, wasn't it? Or like E10. It was. Or even teen, because they can't release mature games on the Game Boy, as far as I know. I think there is literally, like, two. 
even the Doom was a teen game. That's and insane. it's hilariously not a bad port. Oh, I got an, I got a obscure one. If you're ready for this, I don't know if I am. Zona the Enders. Holy shit, that is obscure. It's the Mars. That is obscure. That actually was strangely a decent game. It, it was like Fire Emblem, except you had this like it's a poor man. You had to like Emblem. target. You had to target them to lock on and do stuff. It was hilarious. What about Final Fantasy Tactics Advance? Where do you stand on that? You might hate me for this, but that's my favorite tactics game. I do hate you a little bit for it because <laughs> Tactics War the Lions so is infinitely much. better, but you know, you're allowed to have that opinion. Oh my god. You know, oh my god. Promise me. Oh my um, god. Bodokai. Dragon Ball? No, Boat. Boktai. The sun is in your yeah, hand. I, I, Kojima's game. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that right now. I was like, oh, oh god. Oh my god, the Dragon Ball Z games. I played all the Dragon Ball Z games on GBA. I played the the Dragon Goku's Ball one. Adventure. I played that. The Legend of Goku. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god, Legend of Goku 2. That was... I played so much of that because my friend owned a copy. That game got ridiculous because you can like level up so much. You just like, punch things like one Well, hit. I remember I fought Cooler and I just... KO'd him in one shot. Oh my god, Wario Land 4. I got that for Christmas, and I was like, this is the weirdest shit ever, but I beat it. This is just turned Andy. into us just gushing over games we played before. Andy. Hello. Aria of, Aria of Sorrow. Oh, yeah, we didn't even touch yeah. on the Castlevania. Or game. even like Astro Boy, which is arguably like one of the biggest sleeper hits ever. Speaking of this, going back to Yu-Gi-Oh real quick, do you remember the game where you're like the orange cap-wearing kid, you're going through the whole Battle City circuit? You I feel like that that's all of them, but yeah. Oh my god. There's so many games. We're not, we haven't even talked about the Metroid games yet. Freaking Holy Fusion. shit. Fusion and Zero Mission are so good. I actually really Dude, like screw Fusion. that. Nintendo won the handheld game more. <laughs> I actually this is really, not even an argument I anymore. really like uh, Metroid Fusion. That's like one of my go-tos. Other obscure ones include K Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Oh my god, that was a day one game for me. I played so much of that. My god. The, I, oh my god, there, yep. there was a remake of Shining Force for the Game Boy Advance. I own it still. There was. It had very weird graphics in comparison, but like, hey, it was a thing. And then we talked about the Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Yeah, there's a lot of Final Fantasy to be had on there. Uh, there was also... Freaking Kirby, dude. Oh my god. Kirby, Nightmare, and Dreamland. Like, the, that remake on the GBA is, like, probably one of my most played games on the system. We really had no life back in the day, did we? I mean, I was <laughs> a total loser, but I was also, like, every weekend, I was either at a swim meet in the summer, which is, like, you wait for hours to go swim and race, mm -hmm. and that takes all weekend. It takes a lot of time, a lot of road travel, so GBA made a lot of sense. And my sister's dancing, like I talked about. They're so <laughs> much away from that. My God. Like, I'm just looking up, like, I just Googled Game Boy Advance games. And I play all of them. That's how addicted I was to Game Boy. It's Can you crazy. imagine how much money I would have spent if I actually bought all these games? That'd be a lot. Man, I want to play Shining Soul 2 Do again it? now. I wonder if that holds up. Because that's like a hack and slash. All hack and slash holds up, baby. Maybe. 
Maybe. You should totally look up summon summon um what's it called summon night two, and one I, and two for game. I play. actually probably about four or five years ago booted those up and played them on an emulator. They're all right. They're pretty simple, but they're 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 a fun little different flavor. Now here's a diff- most difficult question of all time, Darren. Well, I guess it was a mother game, Earthbound games too on Game Boy. Technically three, which is like one of the greatest games of all time, but we never really got that. But that is absolutely worth playing. What is your most favorite Game Boy Advance games? Or it's a game. Probably Fire Emblem. I played that. I've oh, I've yeah. beaten. I I literally have beaten that game like thirty times. Like I as a kid, constantly mm-hmm. replayed that game. I'd always like I'd like I literally beat every difficulty i beat it with every character i tried it with like all sorts of crazy character comps i tried to get every support conversation like i played that game to death are you happy with all the sequels and like the future generations are you excited about the three houses there let's talk about that when uh, e3 rolls around <laughs> my god I, I have a bone to pick with you about the game There's, I don't why me it's not it's my a, fault <laughs> it's like I have an out you know have complaints <laughs> I didn't ask for it to be Valkyria Ooh. Chronicles 2 hey man Valkyria Chronicle 2 was good it's, it's not friends. as good as 3 or 1 you shot your no, 3 3 for the PSP oh, yeah. that game's awesome which you, which is never only for the over. PSP. Valkyria Chronicles two that counts for the list. <laughs> you, you didn't even think about it till now. No, god damn it! There's so many PSP oh, RPGs. Here's another obscure one that never made it over. Dot hack GU link. There you go. We Nobody knows we what didn't it is. Need that. We didn't. Hey, need that. we needed that. That brought all the like the old heroes back we together. We didn't need that it was great you shut your i'm face. pretty sure that game has like a four out of ten it does actually <laughs> it wasn't that good did you ever play mario tennis or mario golf on gba yes those, those were made by the golden sun developers that's why it's so good yeah no there's there's and also the great thing about emulators is you can put cheat codes yeah true true <laughs> There's so many fantastic games on the GBA. So GBA wins because I'm just getting giddy. I, I'm already looking at like emulators and Game Boy Advance lists, going like, okay, what should I? I should I should revisit some of these. I literally just thought of like two to three different like podcast topics we can dedicate episodes to. I'm down. Like you and I can literally talk hours about. Yeah. Although I, I I realized we need to have like a Mega Man Zero lore discussion at some point since we're, yes. we're getting so into Fucking that. <laughs> and then we can talk about the the jump to ZX and how biometals work. Oh, and model stop. W. <laughs> I was actually like when I first saw the trailers for ZX, I was like, oh shit, that's cool. Oh, they're bringing oh, back Axel to this biometal. They're oh, saying they're saying rock on. Like, yeah, it's not even Jack and Mega Man anymore, it's just rocking you, on oh, now. While we're talking about portables and stuff, do you remember DS games that had special, like, unlock special things if you had a certain GBA game in the other port? 
Um, like Mega Man, refresh my memory. Like Mega Man ZX had a feature where if you had a cleared copy of Mega Man Zero Three in the GBA slot while you got to a certain point in the end game, it, it unlocked mm-hmm. revised bosses from Mega Man from like Mega Man Zero Three and Four. That's really cool. Yeah, and if you beat them, you actually got a uh, in in the first game you get a thing called Model O, which is supposed to be based off of Omega. And it basically oh, unlocks right. uh, the yeah. Omega boss fight zero. It unlocks his move set for you. And you get the whole like Mega Man Z- Mega Man X four zero moves, I think. Or like Rapukin all the fuck. Yeah, you you get you, you, get, the, you the... get the stuff that the boss could do. So you get the like the beam slash where it, it shoots out multiple rising, projectiles, whatever. you get the rising slash, you get the crazy Lightning spin slash, slash. you get the super giant pillar of light. But I, I should we should remember all these moves if we're like such Mega Man fanatics. I mean, it's been it's been a hot minute, and I was a dumb kid. When I was trying to say those names, but I think we should about wrap this up. Just saying that GBA GBA is king. GBA is king. I can agree on that. Now here's the final. We're bringing. We went back to the past. Now we're bringing back to the future, which is now. The future is now, Darren. Technically, it's tomorrow. What is your outlook, or where do you where do you see handheld gaming going now? That's a tough question because the Switch definitely changed the narrative a bit. Where it it showed that there is still a market for people who want to play games on the go, and I appreciate the fact that I can play big AAA games like Breath of the Wild or Mario Odyssey on the go. That's awesome. But I think it was also a specialized ecosystem back then. You saw games that were developed under the constraints of uh, the hardware and the limitations of that. And that brought us some really special games with some really creative solutions. Like, wh- like what we saw with like the Golden Sun games, for instance, and how they handled save transfer. About how like link cables and stuff worked. And so we have these... It's a different market now. And I think phones occupy too much of a similar space to really have it. I don't know if there's a place for a dedicated gaming handheld when phones are so powerful. Like, it's really hard to to break out to a casual audience. I, I'd like for there always to be a, a portable option, but I don't know if it's realistic. I think Nintendo is slowly trying to adapt dare I say, the current meta of, like, handhelds. The meta of handhelds. <laughs> Which is the phone. That should be the name of Mobile this episode. Phones. The meta of handhelds. <laughs> Thank you for the idea. And I think they're, like, experimenting with, like, the Mario... Was it Mario Dash? Or Mario Run? Mario Run. Yeah. And they're also, exper- like, seeing how, like, well, Pokemon Go's doing. Actually letting, like, uh, their first-party IPs get the handheld treatment or the mobile treatment and i think in the near future they might actually do like more hopefully like the releases they did back in the day maybe and not just resort to like all these boring mobile games well i mean you say that but fire emblem heroes is printing the money hand over fist so Uh, do you i think metroid's next right or like legend of zelda for mobile zelda was supposed to be next because Animal Crossing came out, but I don't know how successful that was, especially I relative to like much. Pokemon Go and Fire Emblem. So we have Pokemon, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, Mario, Mario, 
and technically there's a game called dragalia lost that's supposed to be nintendo but that's like more like gotcha yeah but so is fire emblem but it's still but it's still technically theirs here's here's my prediction they're going to release a metroid fusion or no not fusion sorry a metroid tower defense game like they're doing with like the the metal slug games Mm. And <laughs> I know you don't like the sound of that, no. but <laughs> and they might for Zelda. I can't really think of what they would do. Just make a Zelda game, a top-down for Zelda. mobile. They did. There's other developers who have like a hundred percent made that. They like Ocean Horde <laughs> was literally just like a top-down <laughs> Minish Cap that they made. Like, there's, they could totally get away with doing that. They made Phantom Hourglass work for crying out loud. <coughs> Mostly. Sorry, dying here. Like, like um. we had Spirit Tracks and uh, Phantom Hourglass that were entirely touchscreen based. But, like, those, are, those aren't going to, like, make money after the initial purchase. No, but, like, I think Nintendo had their whole thing of... Their idea for Mario is they give you, like, a free sample, and then you pay a premium for the game. <laughs> so, who's to say if there's a market for that? If anything, they should make some kind of mobile Smash game. I mean... That where, like, you don't actually play Smash, but it's just, like, you just send combatants through, like, stages and shit. I mean, I'm sure that would print money. I think, like, over the years. Because when did the Game Boy Advance come out? Like, 2001. So we're almost at, like, the 22 decades worth of gaming. Holy shit, Andy. Don't put it in perspective like that. <laughs> like, a lot of things changed, but, like, I, th- I think it's... I'm so thankful that I still have these memories of playing these, like, great games. And I'm, like, haven't forgotten about them. Yeah, but now I just feel old. <laughs> welcome to the gaming blues podcast yeah welcome <laughs> where we just get sad welcome to gaming blues where we reflect on how things used to be better remember where we had monthly releases and not like yearly releases oh for sure. i remember <laughs> south park name farmer jim or something <laughs> yeah i was also going for member bears from south park but you know pick your reference simpsons already did it there you go all right, Darren, this has been a hell of a nostalgia trip. Yeah, I'm really nostalgic right now, just thinking about all these Game Boy Advance games and how I want to just open an emulator and go nuts. A very unorganized trip, but thanks for sticking with me here. And thank you, listeners, for sticking with and, us. And then, yeah, I think like this is a really open topic, which will give birth to future episodes, but it was great going over the history of the different handheld eras. Of course, the Game Boy Advance being the GOAT of the handhelds. And we will have to wait to see what Nintendo has in store for us at the C3. And who knows, maybe Sony will announce some kind of mobile mobile initiative. Maybe they'll announce eh? that life comes twice. Because Vita, Vita, too. Vita means life. <clears throat> Can you imagine if Sony announces, like, the Vita phone? I mean, they did that, the PSP. (laughs) Did the PSP take phone calls? No, they made a phone PSP. 
Oh, that thing. It was like a... Oh, yeah, but that thing tanked. Yeah, yeah. And then they made the PSP go. <laughs> Which was a good... It was actually solid, and it actually it, it actually was really smart in retrospect, because all those games that became digital only, you could re-download on your Vita. And it was super more portable, too, which I like. It was also a smart call, because uh, people like me were like, no way, man, I'm going to freaking buy the physical mm. UMTs. And now I'm like, oh, God. No. Like, that's the one of the things, too. Like, you remember back in the day when, like, they first announced, like, oh, downloadable games. Like, who's going to have the internet speed to download these, like, 60 gigabyte games and, like, the memory cards to hold well, all these games? Back then, it's like, oh, man, this game's, like, half a gig. It's going to take, like, four hours. Remember all the, like, the PC torrent sizes? Oh, my God. I remember when, like, PC gaming sizes got stupid when, like, Wolfenstein the First Order came out and people were like, this game is too big to torrent. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Hopefully, dear viewer, you were able to stick with us through this whole rambling retrospective of portable gaming and some of our favorite memories from those various systems. Hopefully. I promise that we'll get better at formatting as the episodes go on. So do stick with us. And and hopefully, I was going to say that... I'm learning. I'm learning. I was trying to say that hopefully the listener also thought of some really cool... Uh, games they played either on the Game Boy Advance or some of those other systems we've discussed. And if you thought of a super cool, uh, underappreciated gem on the GBA, you should message me or Andy on Twitter about it because I want those recommendations. Find me at Gaming Pilgrim. I want all your Game Boy Advance uh, picks. And you can find me at, at Last Blues, but I eh, mostly send it to Darren's way. No, send him to Andy, and then he'll he'll confirm if he played it or not. No, send it to Darren. I probably I probably played them all. Yeah, that's why I want to know. That's half the research. Um, that wraps it up. Um, that's it for this week's episode. Um, you can find us on major podcast distribution platforms, and in the f- near future, the episode will also be on my YouTube channel, where we'll, I will upload the vods. So you can listen to them on YouTube at work if you don't like podcast platforms. Yay. Hmm. Yay. As always, whoever listened to these, thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Andy. I'm Darren. And shout out to our friend Jennifer, uh, Twitter handle at Virize, I think. Almost who did the artwork for the thumbnail and the banners. So shout out to her. Yeah,